Welcome to the radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub, coming to you from the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the sermon by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, on the fall of Shiloh from 1 Samuel chapter 4. This is part of an ongoing series, Pastor is Teaching on Heavenly Authority. And when we left off last time, we saw the victory of the Philistines over the army of Israel, even after the Israelites had brought out the Ark of the Covenant. Thirty thousand soldiers of Israel died, along with the wicked priests Hophni and Phinehas, and the Ark of God was taken captive by the enemy. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg. Only true faith gives victory. God is holy, and he's not going to bless sin. No matter how many arcs you bring out, how many priests you put forward, no matter how many times you cross yourself, rub your Bible, touch your cross, say Lord, Lord, sing Christian songs, none of it's going to help if you don't know him. He is that he is, and he is holy, and he desires us to seek his face to repent and be holy. Every man fled to his tent. There is a great slaughter. 30,000 foot soldiers die at Ebenezer. Now two battles at Ebenezer. The first one, 4,000 die. The second time, 30,000 die. It's worse than it was before. And the ark, what about it? Is captured. And as prophesied by the man of God back, we study this in chapter 2, verse 34. He says, Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas. And one day they shall die, both of them. He told that to Eli, to tell him, you're going to see the sign and know everything else I told you about your family and what would happen to your family will come to pass. And it happens. Hophni and Phinehas die, as was prophesied, on the same day. Verse 12, Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line the same day and came to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. Now when he came, there was Eli, the high priest. And Eli is very old at this point. He's fat. He can't barely see from his eyes. He's sitting on a seat by the wayside. So he's on the road. He's watching. He wants to hear a report. Maybe he's afraid, I shouldn't let them take the ark. He knows what's going on. He knows the ways of God. And he didn't use his authority, obviously, to stop them from taking the ark of the covenant. He's sitting on a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. Eli has done a lot of good things in his life for the Lord. He just would not rebuke his sons. And he caused great damage to Israel. And he's afraid for the ark of God now. And when the man came into the city, this man from Benjamin, and told it, told what happened, all the city cried out. The city's crying, they're wailing, they heard about the slaughter at Ebenezer. Verse 14, when Eli heard the noise of the outcry, he said, what does the sound of this tumult mean? And the man came quickly and told Eli. Now Eli knows. He knows the protection's gone. He knows the blessing's gone. He's afraid there on the roadside for the imminent danger. 
And the man comes and tells him. It says in verse 15, Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. Then the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle, and I fled today from the battle line. And he said, What happened, my son? So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. Then it happened, when he made mention of the ark of God, and there's power to this phrase, the ark of God has been captured, it's overwhelming that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died, for the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel forty years. It's too much. He's afraid. He's afraid for his sons, but he's afraid for God's system there at Shiloh. What God desired to do, he blessed Ephraim. He blessed that area by having the tabernacle first set up in Shiloh. He blessed Aaron's sons, and Eli was chosen, and his sons were chosen to be high priests. And the ark of God, the center of their worship, has been captured, and it's too much. He falls backward, his neck is broken, and he dies. Notice that Eli is not only high priest. What does it say here? He had judged Israel 40 years. You know, Samson is the last of the judges. We saw that in the book of Judges. But here we read that after him, Eli was not just a high priest, he was a judge. He was someone chosen by God to deliver his people, right? Shaphat, we studied about the judges, the saviors, the deliverers. He was high priest and judge for 40 years. Called and selected by God. And yet the tragedy that happens in his household, what he dreads happens. The ark of God has been captured. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17, Peter says, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? That judgment begins with God's house. God cannot deal with the enemy unless he deals first with his own people. And again, we see the problem. The problem's not the Egyptians. God drowned the chariots of Pharaoh under the water. The problem is not the Canaanites. The Lord God took and knocked down those walls of Jericho by just shouting and blowing trumpets. It's not the Philistines. Samson can push the pillars and the temple of the Philistines can fall down. So when some in the time of Jesus, some Jewish people in the time of Jesus, they were looking for Messiah to come to deliver them from the Romans, the Roman occupation. The problem was not the Romans. God could have dealt with the Romans with a word from his mouth. He did not need to send Messiah to deal with the Romans. Samson, a Samson could have dealt with the Romans. 
A Joshua could have dealt with the Romans. When Messiah comes, it's not to deal with the power of the enemy, it's to deal with the worst enemy we ever have, it's ourselves. The enemy of Israel was Israel. The sin inside ourselves. And so when Messiah comes, he comes to save us from our worst enemy, ourselves. And the devil that tempts us to do the things that we shouldn't do. And on that cross, the victory on that cross, is that there was one who was holy his whole life. This Jewish man who never once sinned, who kept the law, who was truly a child of Abraham, who gave up himself and said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And in that moment of what the world saw as weakness, he took all the punishment for our sins upon himself that we might say, yes, Lord, I am not holy. I am a sinner. But Lord God Almighty, you are that you are. And you give this innocent one for me, this Passover lamb for me. And he, this Jesus, this Yeshua, he dies in my place. And so, Father, I repent and I come to you. And as they did it, one by one, and all the first believe as all the first Christians were Jews. There were many, many Jewish people that believed. They got saved from themselves. And then they went out, then they dealt with the enemies, they dealt with the Gentiles, the nations, and they went out and they told them the same good news, that they can change, that they can be saved from unholiness and wickedness. And one by one, every nation has heard the gospel and either said yes or no to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as he presents the Messiah, his son, Jesus Christ. We're the enemy that we have to deal with. And Messiah deals first with us. Then someday, what is it prophesied? Then he will come back in glory. The glory that many of the Jews looked for the first time to deliver them from the Roman army. Once all the subjects of the kingdom are made, once we've said yes, those who say no, they surround Israel to destroy it. Jesus Christ will return King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He'll destroy the power of the enemy. He'll destroy the power of the Antichrist. And the world will know that he is the Messiah. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time that we say yes for salvation to eternity. When he comes with power and great glory, it's too late. They needed to be saved from themselves. And no matter how they try to grab onto the symbol of the past, the wonderful Ark of the Covenant, it was not enough. Eli, you were a judge. You were called of God, and yet he could not judge, control his own sons and let them do wickedness in Israel. Eli's daughter-in-law, Phineas's wife, is due with child. And when she hears the news of what happened to the troops, what happened to her husband, what happened to her father-in-law, she goes into labor, and she has a son, and as she's dying, she dies too, she calls him Ichabod in verse 21. Then she named the child Ichabod, 
saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God has been captured, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. The glory has departed. Ichabod means inglorious. Inglorious, no glory. The glory has departed. The glory has gone. The whole event is inglorious. The whole event ending of the tabernacle of Shiloh, what happens to the priesthood from Aaron, it's all inglorious now. And it reminds us what Paul's words when we study them back in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 about the first contract, the Sinai contract with the people, the ministry of condemnation that said, Thou shalt not. How he said its glory was passing away. But then how the new covenant, the new contract in Jesus Christ, under the ministry of the Spirit, he said it's more glorious, much more glorious. A glory that excels, which remains and does not pass away. The glory of the priesthood in Aaron passed away. And now you're left with inglorious. No glory is departed. And so she names her son Ichabod. And the ark will return. Hopefully we'll discuss that next time. But it would never again return to Shiloh. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. May the Lord keep you safe in his blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve him.